Welcome to the Nature MI podcast. Here, we uncover nature-inspired solutions to the world's most urgent problems, like climate change and global pandemics. We talk with thought leaders and innovators who are taking their cues from nature, and we explore ways to unravel nature's deepest secrets. Now here's your host, a man who finds inspiration in nature on a daily basis, Dr. Victor Shamas. Hello, this is Victor Shamas, and I'm your host for this podcast, which focuses on nature inspiration and nature-inspired solutions to some of the world's most pressing problems. Here we are in the year 2020, at the start of a new millennium. We're only 2% of the way in. And I believe, as perhaps you do, that under the right conditions, humanity can thrive in balance with nature for the next 1,000 years or more. And those conditions don't involve taking a step backwards in terms of our technological advancement, just the opposite. We have the opportunity to recreate and reinvent just about every part of our lives. Imagine living in homes that are like a seashell, beautiful, perfect spirals that are well insulated and flying to wherever you need to go, like a bird or an insect. Everything you make, everything you produce or that you own is edible eventually to somebody in the ecosystem. Your shoes might be something you plant in the ground that will be fertilizer for a tree. And in this society, there will be no such thing as garbage because everything that we produce will have a place to go in the ecosystem. Clearly, at this moment in time, we're a long way from realizing this vision. In fact, our species is in the process of crashing all of the systems that support life on the planet. I'm coming to you during the height of the COVID-19 epidemic, and I can tell you that that epidemic is to a very large degree an indicator of how out of balance our way of life has become. Like 70% of all infectious diseases that affect human beings, COVID-19 is transmitted directly from animals to humans. This route of infection is true for a number of other diseases, including Ebola, SARS, and MERS, swine flu, avian flu, etc. Why are these types of infectious diseases becoming more common? Why are we seeing pandemics now that we didn't used to see earlier in our lives? Part of the reason has to do with climate change and habitat destruction. Animal species are on the move now. They're migrating to places that are more livable for them as their habitats are being destroyed. And as they do, several things seem to be happening. First of all, these animals are stressed physically by the demands of migration. They're also being exposed to diseases that they never saw before in their original habitats. And perhaps most significantly, these animals are coming into closer contact with humans as their range becomes more limited. Meanwhile, humans are also migrating to a greater extent. They're also trying to avoid extreme weather they're also trying to find food in many parts of the world, like Africa. People are eating animal species that they didn't used to eat. That becomes problematic because those animals often are carrying new kinds of infectious diseases. 
My point in all this is that human activity has become so out of balance that we are exposing ourselves and other species to new kinds of infectious diseases. And so we are now entering into an age where probably pandemics are going to become more common until something changes. But how do you change habits that are so ingrained that it seems impossible to get people to ever change them? Well, the COVID-19 outbreak has actually offered us an answer. Under the right circumstances, we don't make those changes. Nature imposes those changes on us. During this pandemic, people are no longer driving to work. Their way of doing their work has changed. Many of them have learned to do their job from home more effectively than actually having to go into an office. We're becoming more resourceful in preparing meals for ourselves at home. Many of us are starting gardens or sprouting at home. We're doing things that other generations in the past used to do that worked really well, but that modern urban humans stopped doing. As a psychologist, I can tell you this. The human mind is probably incapable of solving some of these problems. They're too insurmountable for our little minds. We can barely handle two activities or two thoughts at the same time. And some of the solutions to the world's most profoundly intractable or seemingly intractable problems require taking into account many, many factors at the same time. Although the situation seems dire, I believe that nature will show us the way. Nature has the answers to the questions that we're asking. It always has. Interestingly enough, this is not the first time in the Earth's history where things have looked pretty serious and pretty grave. Evolutionary ecologists like Elizabeth Satoris have pointed out that there was a time where the world was just populated by single-celled bacteria, and those bacteria were polluting themselves to death and basically killing themselves off. And that's when they made an evolutionary leap from a competitive to a cooperative way of life. These bacteria started to specialize and they started to come together and work together and coordinate to form multi-celled organisms. This gave rise to the evolution of multicellular organisms like ourselves, where we have cells coming together to form tissues, and each of those types of tissue has a specialized function within the body, and those tissues come together to form organs and organ systems, and all of it is highly intricate, specialized, and coordinated by a consciousness that is quite extraordinary. There are billions of activities going on in our bodies at this moment cell growth, cell death. We're breathing in, we're taking in food, we're distributing food to cells, we're digesting, we're metabolizing, we're pushing uh, waste products out of our bodies. And the human mind, the human intellect is involved in virtually none of it. If our minds had to coordinate all the myriad factors that are needed to be in balance to keep us alive, we'd be lucky to live a few seconds at best. I believe that nature knows best that nature has a way of bringing things back into balance. In a way, nature has brought itself out of balance through human evolution. Humans evolved to the point of developing a cerebral cortex that allowed them to distinguish themselves from nature. This is greatly ironic. The dictionary basically defines nature as all of the phenomena of the physical world, including plants and animals, ecosystems, all of the features of the earth, but 
one exception, human beings. So there's nature and there's human. The divisions that exist in our own minds between human on the one hand and nature on the other are the root cause of some of the most serious problems that we face as a species. Let's redefine nature as everything that exists, everything in the universe, everything that can be known, but also everyone that can know. Because the knower has to be part of nature just as the known has to be part of nature. Everything that we as human beings know, our entire knowledge base, has to be part of the natural order. How can it not be? It's a product of human evolution, which is a natural process. But I can tell you this, there is much more to be known in the universe than what can be held in these tiny little minds of ours. Here's something else we know about nature. It can never be created and never be destroyed. We know this through basic physics. There's a law of conservation of matter and a law of conservation of energy. Matter and energy have always been there and will always be there. All we see is a series of transformations and rearrangements of the molecules and the forms of energy that exist in our universe. If we want to look for something really big to feel connected to in our hearts, in our bodies, we don't need to look any further than nature. For me, nature is the alpha and omega, the be all and end all. And I find my greatest inspiration in that connection to nature. Have you ever been inspired by nature? I'll bet you have. I certainly have on a number of occasions, actually on a daily basis. It's easy to feel that inspiration if you look out at something awesome and wonderful like the Grand Canyon. I will never forget the first time I saw the Grand Canyon up close from the North Rim. It was a real wow moment. And I remember thinking that the Grand Canyon was even more spectacular than all of the hype that I'd ever heard about it. Now that is saying a lot when something can outdo the hype, can be more spectacular, more wonderful and beautiful and amazing than anything you could have ever imagined it to be. In my moments of inspiration, when I'm connecting to nature, I transcend myself and there is nothing else to be but nature. That is why this podcast and the website associated with it are both called Nature Am I. That to me is a profound meditation. It's the focus of my life. It's a reminder that in moments of inspiration, I am deeply connected with nature to the point where I don't exist as anything apart from it. And herein, I believe, lies the central answer to some of the greatest problems facing humanity. The connection I'm describing is not spiritual and it's not environmentalism. Spirituality is concerned with a realm that exists beyond the material, beyond the physical. But my connection to nature is material, is physical. You don't have to believe in anything extraordinary to connect with nature. There's no denying that nature exists and there's no denying that it has always existed. We don't need to invoke a creator for something that was never created. I realize that what I just said could be perceived as controversial, but let's face it. The religions of the world have done a terrible job up to now in helping us find peace, sustainability, and balance as a species. 
We should demand more of them. We should of our leaders, of our governments, of all of our institutions. If these institutions are not helping us thrive, then it's time for them to shift. And it's time to create something that is more in alignment with nature. The reason that this movement I'm describing, Nature MI, is not environmentalism, is that it's not simply about protecting the environment. It's in recognizing that the line that separates us from our environment is arbitrary. Our bodies are semi-permeable. That means that they are exchanging materials and energy with their environment all the time. I take in food, I take in air and water, and those things become part of me. And then I discard from my body all of these things that go right back into the environment. It's a cycle, a cyclical process of interaction between each of us and our environment lets us know that what is part of us at one moment becomes part of the environment the next. And so these distinctions are undoubtedly very limited and they're holding us back. The connection I'm describing may seem esoteric to you, but it's not. It's very pertinent to your life. Because in moments of nature inspiration, when we're deeply connected to nature, we gain access to nature's secrets. And that is exactly what we need right now. We can be asking ourselves, what does nature do? How does nature do this? How does nature solve this problem? Every problem that human beings face are problems that other species have to face as well. How do you keep yourself warm and insulated in the winter and cool in the summer? How do you feed yourself? How do you move around in this world? What are the most effective ways to produce renewable energy? And how do you nurture and sustain the places, the beings, and the resources that nourish and sustain you? Nature has a lot to say also about social organization. How do we create a social structure that is equitable and that is concerned with the welfare of all members of the community? We see this example in herds and flocks and hives and nests. Nature knows how to balance the welfare of the individual with the welfare of the community or society. That is a very tricky balance to maintain. And the human mind, the human intellect, has not done such a great job of it. When the vast majority of the natural resources on the planet belong to a few people, there's something wrong with that model. If millions of people are starving to death while others bask in luxury, that's not sustainable or peaceful or balanced. We can have access to nature's wisdom and apply that wisdom to our most challenging issues and concerns as a species. As a psychologist who has devoted 30 years of his life to studying the experience and process of inspiration, I have a lot to say about how that process unfolds based on my observation and personal experience. And I want to share some of that on this podcast. At the same time, I want to talk to those innovators and thought leaders who are finding new nature-inspired solutions to problems related to technology, energy, food production, education, and a number of other fields. I'm a big admirer of the fields of biomimicry and biomimetics that are finding nature-inspired technological solutions to all kinds of things. 
The idea is to mimic or emulate what is effective for other species. We as human beings should be able to make products at ambient temperatures using materials that are fully renewable and without poisoning our ecosystem or producing unnecessary waste. Why should we be able to do this? Because other species all over the world are doing this just perfectly fine. On future episodes of the Nature My podcast, I intend to interview a variety of people, and perhaps you will be one of them. If you're finding inspiration in nature and applying that inspiration to solving some really challenging problems in some field, I want to hear from you. Please go visit the website naturemi.com and fill out the contact form. Tell me about your interests. I'm eager to hear about topics that are of interest to you and that we can discuss on this podcast. If you think you'd be a good person to interview on this podcast, tell me why. What makes you interesting? What are you doing? What's exciting to you? How are you finding inspiration in nature? Also, when you visit naturemi.com, check out my blog, or perhaps offer to be a guest blogger. I welcome that. I envision a global alliance of leaders who take their cues from nature in every field of endeavor. Might you be one of those people? We have a chance at this point in history to make a critical leap that will allow future generations to thrive in peace, sustainability, and balance. Thanks for your time. Stay tuned, stay well, and stay inspired. You have been listening to the Nature MI podcast. To learn more about what we're doing to bring humanity more into balance with nature, please visit us at naturemi.com. We also welcome your ideas and feedback. If you would like to be a guest on a future podcast, let us know about your nature-inspired solutions and strategies. Thanks for listening.